Let's uh, go today to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. We want to continue with this. We've been looking at the walk of faith. The Lord spoke to my wife, spoke to Michelle some number of weeks ago. And he made the statement, he said, you're entering into a season where uh, the walk of faith will be required. And of course, that, that I've said this consistently, that word required just kind of stood out to me. But here, here's, here's why it's required, because of what he's wanting to bring to us. It's, you know, a lot of times people hear that and they think, oh, so things are going to get bad. I'm going to have to walk by faith. No. I rather, I rather th- now you think whatever you want to think, but uh, I've been saying this, I was saying this in Monday evening prayer uh, probably six months ago. There, there, the Lord's been talking to me about there's coming a lightning in many areas of, of the nation. And, and, it, I, and I don't, I'm not saying this because of political change or anything of that nature. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's coming a lightning. There, there's things that God is going to begin to do and begin to show himself mighty, there are things that we're going to begin to walk into because it's the season to walk into them. Amen. God is not intimidated by the political atmosphere of any nation. I was reading an article the other day, and, and there was this one thing that's going on in the nation, and somebody said, somebody said, the, the art writer of the article said, this is evidence that God has turned his back on America. God hasn't turned his back on America. Amen. You, you do remember back in summer, we just overturned Roe v. Wade. That pleased God. I said, that pleased God. It is, does the nation still have problems? Of course the nation has problems. But what nation doesn't? What nation doesn't have problems? I was talking to a man from South Africa just the other day. And, and, and you know, they have a system of government there. And he was talking about the different things they were having trouble doing just because of, of the government and the infighting that's in the government. Well, the point is this, is I'm required to walk by faith for two reasons. Number one, I'm born of God and God's a faith God. Number two is because the things that God wants to bring into my life, it will require faith to get them. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, very familiar verse, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Parenthetical statement. He's putting it there, Paul put it there for explanation. This is why we're not looking at what we're dealing with because we walk, we conduct our lives, we regulate our lives by faith. All right? And one translation says, not by something seen. The Weymouth translation says, not by external appearance. So that simply means that what I see, I see, yet what I see doesn't guide me. It exists, but it doesn't guide me. Hallelujah. So it's there, it exists, but it's not how, why I make my decisions. Even though it's there. I see this is conducting my life. Faith is what regulates my life. This is so important. Because uh, I've said this before and I'll, I'll recap it briefly. A lot of people read that and they say, oh, so faith is not walking by what you see. That's part of it. That's part of it. But if you're not careful, you can, you can miss it 
and begin to think that if you just don't admit what you see, then you're walking by faith. Faith never fails to admit something's there. It just refuses to be guided by it. Amen. See, that, 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 that's where sometimes people get, get in a bad place with their faith and confession and they're walking by faith is they think faith is denying what's there. And it's not. Alright? It's not being guided by it. It's, it's, it's this way. You can go to the doctor and get a bad report Yet, you refuse to call yourself sick and dying because you're not guided by that report, yet you know it's there and you're not denying it. And if the doctor gives you some medicine to help you, you don't throw it out the window and go, I don't need that because I'm not sick. See, now you're being guided by foolishness. Oh, hallelujah. Have you ever thought that you could add your faith to the medicine and the medicine would work twice as good? I just don't believe I need medicine. Well, here's the thing. Then you'd, I hope that you really believe you don't need it and you're not just saying that because you think it's a lack of faith to take it. See, because then I'm being guided by, by condemnation. I'm being guided by shame. Amen. It's like the guy said one time, he was talking to a friend of mine who's in heaven, uh, Pastor Greg Varney. He went to be with the Lord some years ago. But uh, he was a Ramagrad and, and knew Brother Hagin. And, and a guy told him one time, he said, uh, yeah, I'm like Brother Hagin. He said, what do you mean? He said, I don't watch TV. And my friend said, I thought that was funny because I went to Brother Hagin. This uh, friend of his said, I went to Brother Hagin's house one time. And Brother Hagin not only has one TV, he's got three of them. Had them all on at once. So not only did he watch TV, he was watching three TVs at once. Hallelujah. I, I remember when Pastor Michelle and I got married. Uh, she just knew. You know, she got married, uh, married, uh, saved under my parents' ministry. And uh, uh, she said for a long time, she said, you know, I just knew that if, when I got married and I got in that family, she said, I just, I just believed it, that, if, that if, if one of my children was sick and died, that Brother Steele, my dad, could raise him from the dead. I just, I just knew it. Because of the way he preached faith and, and preached these different things. Well, here's my point. She had to get to the point where she understood that she, she had the same ability to operate that faith. Faith is not saying that doesn't exist. Faith is saying in spite of the fact that it does exist, I'm not guided by that. I'm still guided by the Word. The Word is my eyes. The Word is my ears. The Word is my mouth. Well, I, I see what the Word says. I hear what the Word says. I speak what the Word says. That's faith in its essence. is being Word of God minded, Word of God mouthed, and Word of God actions. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I always like to free people from any, any feelings that, that, that you have to prove to somebody that you're walking in faith. Your walk of faith is nobody's business. You understand? You don't have anything to prove to me, the person sitting next to you. Faith is personal. And what I mean by that is you're either operating it or you're not. 
You're not operating it to prove to me. You're operating it because that's how we are supposed to live. And you'll always get in the mess. When, when, right? Well, I don't want anybody to think I'm not in faith. It doesn't matter. Most people that you know don't know what faith is anyway. They wouldn't know if you were in it or not. <laughs> Let me move on from that. Hebrews chapter 11. Hallelujah. Woo! Say out loud, I walk by faith. Not by something seen. See, faith is more real than what you see. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we've talked about faith is meaning, the meaning of the word faith, the conviction of the truth of anything, or being convinced that something is true, that, that faith is the substance, that conviction is the substance. One translation says faith gives substance. And the word substance is that foundation, uh, uh, a, a substructure. So the point being is that what you're convinced of, when I, when I have faith, then I have a foundation, I have something placed under me. You'll hear people in the world, they'll say, yeah, I got that report and I just got my legs knocked out from under me. Well, see, what are they saying? My support just went out from under me. It never happens with faith. Faith is not intimidated by the report. Faith is not intimidated by the circumstance. It's, it's just not. You, you go through the Word of God. And the Bible says at the end of Hebrews chapter 11 that women received their dead raised back to life. How? By faith. So evidently they saw the dead, the dead man, woman, child, whatever it was. We have two instances of that in the Word in the Old Testament. But the point that I'm making is they looked at that and that didn't kick the legs out from under them because they had faith. Amen. God tells Abraham, take Isaac to the mountain that I'm going to tell you and offer him as a sacrifice there to me. This is the heir. This is who God said the promise would come through. And now God's saying, sacrifice your son. And the Bible says that Abraham did it by faith because he had already seen the picture. He had already decided. He had already seen the picture of Isaac raised from the dead. If he had to go through with it, he had already decided God will raise him from the dead. I've already seen it. What you see in the Word is what you've already seen. How do I know how it's going to turn out? Because I've already seen the outcome in the Word. And that's what I'm basing my faith on. I've already seen the outcome. My future is in the Word. I, I can see my future in the Word. If you're dealing with the thing today, you can see your future, the future uh, uh, outcome in the Word of God. If you're dealing with a physical issue in your body, you can see the physical, the, the, the future outcome in the Word of God. By His stripes you are healed. And you might be walking it out. You might be taking steps of faith. Just keep taking those steps of faith because not walking by what you see and walking by faith will always produce what you see in the Word. Hallelujah. My faith is right now producing what I see in the Word of God. And so is yours. Hallelujah. He said faith is substance and then that faith is evidence or faith is proof. Alright? Faith is proof. 
So when I'm convinced something's true, faith has come. Now nobody can know you're convinced but you. Now there's a spirit to faith, there's a sound to faith, but, but nobody will know when faith has come but you. And that's why you've got to be honest. Faith has come. I'm convinced. That's, that's the proof. This is important. That's the proof. The end result is not the proof. The proof is when you were convinced. Amen. When, when, when people stand in a healing line or, or, or they're sitting in church and, and the symptoms go away and they'll say, oh, praise God, I was healed today. No, you weren't. You were healed the moment you were convinced. The evidence just showed up in the natural. Because, you, you understand? When I take it by faith, I have it by faith. If I have it by faith, I have it by faith. So proof is not seeing it in the natural. Proof is being convinced of it in the spiritual. And that's how you walk by faith. That's why your words line up with, with, with see what you're convinced of. When you say, I'm the healed of the Lord, it's because you're convinced of that. When you say, I'm out of debt, my needs are met, i got plenty more to put in store, that's, you're convinced of that. When you say, my children are saved, living for God, even though it looks totally opposite, it's because you're convinced of that. You're not saying that to try to get convinced, you're saying it because you're convinced. Absolutely convinced. Oh, hallelujah. So proof is being convinced of it in the Spirit. Let's go over to 2 Peter 1. Because there are uh, additives that I add to my faith that helps my faith function at a high level. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. And the Apostle Peter says, besides this, giving all diligence. Now, that's an important thing because... Faith and diligence always go together. When your diligence is strong, your faith will be strong. It's not what you do once that makes a difference. It's what you do consistently. And he said, giving all diligence to this. Notice, add to your faith, add to your faith, virtue or strength. And then he says this word. And to virtue, knowledge. Now, this is what I want to focus on today for the next little bit. So we're to add to our faith knowledge. Alright? One translation says intelligence. As a matter of fact, the word knowledge means intelligent insight. See, faith will be limited when it lacks knowledge. Faith is limited when it lacks knowledge. It's like the lady that came up to Brother Hagin and said, I want you to uh, pray with me about something. And he said, well, what is it? And she said, well, do I have to tell you? He said, I'm not praying if you don't. <laughs> well, what I know, how do I know to pray? Now, I'm not making fun of anything, but when I was a boy growing up in church, 
we, we had prayer requests. Testimony service and prayer requests. And they say, who has a prayer request? People would raise their hand. Inevitably, there'd be one or two people. Special unspoken. Special unspoken request. I have a friend of mine that wrote a, wrote a Christian country song by that title. Special unspoken request. You know how that he got saved because he was his mama's special unspoken request. Well, it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a decent song, but it's totally unbiblical. Totally not scriptural. You have prayer requests, so everybody in, a, in attendance can agree. How can you agree with an unspoken request? Lord, help them. Now, you know, with some of us, that was honest unbelief. I mean, it just didn't know it is unbelief, but it is honest unbelief. And, you know, I'm sure that some of those special unspoken requests were, were, were answered just because they didn't know any better. But when you know better, see, knowledge. Don't be afraid of knowledge. Amen. <laughs> knowledge doesn't hinder faith. Knowledge will add to your faith. That's what the Scripture says. Amen. When, when somebody many times has asked what's wrong in a certain situation, I've heard people say, well, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say because uh, I don't want to make a bad confession. Well, think about that for a moment. I mean, what does that mean? It's not a bad confession... To admit what you have knowledge of. You understand? For instance, if you're dealing with a situation here today, financial situation, something of that nature, all right, you may look at your account online or in your checkbook, however you do it, and, and you may see a certain number there. Right? Well, it's not faith to say, you know, well, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to say the number because I don't want to make a bad confession. It's not a bad confession to say you have X amount of dollars in your account. It's a bad confession to say that's all I have. I have more than this. Amen. I'm convinced of it. And, and if you hang around me, that amount will, will change in my account. That day, Brother Copeland and Miss Gloria, he had saved all the change that he got and all the offerings from his meeting. It was, it was her birthday. He had been changed, saving the change in a, in a brown paper bag. And he got home, and, and, and she said, you know, I want to go buy this little pair of shoes and a, and a purse that I saw. And they got down there, and I forget the exact amount, but it's something like $40 that she had to pay. And they counted all that change out. And when it got over, the lady gave her back like two pennies or a penny and said, well, I broke you. And Miss Gloria said, no, there's plenty more where that came from. Amen. Well, now you can see where they were financially. She's having to use change to buy the shoes and the purse. But her mindset was there's plenty more where that came from. What you see in your account is not what you are. It's where you are right now. 
Faith will change where you are if you'll just if you'll just admit this is where I'm at. Faith can go to work and change it. Oh, hallelujah. See, knowledge doesn't hinder faith. Well, what did the doctor say when you went, well, no, I don't want to say, I don't want to make a bad confession. Well, if, if they said it, they said it. Hallelujah. That, see, that's not where you're going to end up. I've had people say, well, I went to the doctor and, and he said I had pneumonia, but I don't receive that. Receive it or not, you got it. Now let's move it out. I said, let's move it out. See, that hinders faith. Because you're not making a faith statement. You're saying, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. It's there. You have it. you got to move it. Right? you got to move it out. Well, how do I move it out? I'm the healed of the Lord. Amen. My lungs function to the perfect capacity that God created them to function. Amen. Every disease, germ, and virus that's trying to infiltrate my lungs dies right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, brother, you look like you're having trouble breathing. I don't have trouble breathing. I breathe fine. <laughs> Amen. See, I have knowledge that you're not breathing well. Amen. So, so what, what, do I, what do I need to do? Thank you, Father. My lungs expand and contract perfectly. Thank you, Father. I, right? Denying the knowledge is not walking by faith. Hallelujah. Now you, now you don't receive it permanently. Well, this is what the doctor said. I remember when uh, uh, a couple in the Kansas location, Josh and Amy Yoakum, they called me. My office was here where Brother Jim's office is. He got a real anointed office when he moved in here. And uh, Hallelujah. He told me his bank balance went up a few hundred dollars when he moved in that office. Uh, no, I'm joking. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I found some money in there somewhere. <laughs> but Richard did. Richard's walking across the parking lot the other day and found a hundred dollar bill. Amen. In that one day, I heard so many people talk about the confession that we make finding money, checks in the mail. Amen. It's working. But anyway. They, they called, I was in there, and they, they called, and, and they transferred the call to me, and they, they, they had, uh, uh, she had just given birth to little Jalen. He's not little Jalen anymore. And uh, here's, what the doctor, here's what the doctor said. I'll, I'll synopsize it for you. They said, your child's heart is in such a bad condition that either A, we need a complete heart transplant, or you can just wrap him up and take him home and spend a couple days with him because he's dying. That those were their words. He is going to die. Now I'm on the other end of the phone and I hear these words. Now you know, here's what I didn't do. I didn't just jump up and say, no, in the name of Jesus, that's not going to happen. Jalen will not die. He will live in Jesus' name. And we don't receive that in the name of Jesus. Now you go in there and lay hands on your baby and command him to live. Now there, I'm not saying there's not a time for that. But here's, here's, 
I prayed with him, and I said, Josh, let me call you back. Amen. And I hung up the phone, and I walked back here, and my wife's office was back here, and my bank balance went up a little bit when I moved in that office. But, <laughs> hallelujah. But in any event, I went back, and I, I began to talk to her about that, and we came to this conclusion. She said something to me that, that, that helped me. And she said, we got to get them to understand the doctor cannot tell them what they have to believe. <sighs> Amen. And, and, and I went back and talked to him. I said, Josh, the doctor can't tell you what you have to believe. I said, you don't have to take your child off the ventilator. You don't have to take him home. I said, they can't tell you what to believe. And those two young people, they got in there and believed God. They believed God. Amen. And uh, uh, the doctors kept working on him and kept looking at things. And finally they said, you know what? You know what? We, 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 we found something here. We think we can do this procedure, right, that, that'll help some. He said, okay. And so they did, and he came through it with flying colors. Now, he was in the hospital the better part of a year. Intensive care. But I was there the day they took him home. Not to die. But with an astounded group of doctors saying, we don't understand how this happened. Amen. Are, are, are you following me? Did, did they have knowledge? Was it bad knowledge? It was, right? But immediately, we could figure out, they can't tell you what to believe. And in spite of the condition of your child's heart, God made his heart. God knows how to heal it. God knows how to give them the wisdom to do what they need to do. He didn't let knowledge throw his faith. Amen. I just saw that little boy two Sundays ago running sprints across the parking lot in the Kansas location. Amen. So you go from wrap him up and take him home, he's going to die, to running sprints. He's what, three years old now? Maybe more than that. Big boy. I mean healthy. Healthy. Just had his last heart surgery. Yeah, but he had to have surgery. Yeah, but he's alive. I don't care if you can see the scar where I had the surgery. I'm alive. The Word worked. Hey, I say the Word worked. Oh, come on, help me. Say the Word worked. Amen. Don't, don't, don't you hide your prescriptions because somebody comes over to your house. Well, I don't want them to think I don't have faith. Who cares? You're walking by faith, not by what is seen. I'm not taking a prescription because I don't have faith. I'm taking a prescription because that's wisdom to take it. As I'm taking it, I'm declaring this is working perfectly. This sickness and disease is being driven out of my body 
in the name of Jesus. And the doctor can shake his head and say, we don't know what the problem is. Listen, I understand that, but don't spend time talking about how the doctors don't know. Spend time talking about how you have the wisdom of God. You have understanding. You have knowledge. And Father, you're going to impart that into my doctor. They're going to be able to... Hallelujah. Do you understand? This is so important. I, I remember Pastor Is this okay? Pastor Michelle and I, our, our uh, uh, second daughter was born, Angela. And when she was born, she, she had some trauma while she was being born. Long story short, it, it punctured one of her lungs. And they thought maybe it was a heart issue at first. But the Lord healed her, long story short. We had some friends that came up from Tennessee. I say this, I say this loosely. Friends that came up from Tennessee uh, to see us. They wanted to see the baby. And uh, uh, they were in, uh, in our house, staying with us, our apartment. And uh, uh, in the guest bathroom, you know, we had some, uh, some medicine in the, in the medicine cabinet and these different things. There were two things they said. They said this behind our back. They never said it to us. Might have been Fist City, had they? And I don't know. That, uh, now, I wasn't as far along as I am today. All right? You know, but uh, they, they said the reason that their daughter... Uh, went through that was two reasons. They take medicine and they have insurance. They said insurance was, was a doubt, was doubtful. Now when my daughter was born, all that she went through, and that had been much, much more today, when she was born, all that she went through cost me $45,000. My insurance paid every penny. That was a great faith builder for us. Because we didn't have anything. We didn't have any money. And the Lord had placed me in a place. I worked for Blue Cross. And the Lord had placed me in a place where they paid everything. Amen. So there, I, I was rejoicing. $45,000 paid for. And, and then God healed my daughter on top of that. I learned a lesson with that. See, what they thought faith was was you not taking medicine or being involved in doctors. And they suffered for that. We exercised our faith, and God healed my daughter and paid the bill off. Oh, glory. You know, when the doctor was showing me all that was going on with her, because what, what Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, nationally recognized place, and, and they had a whole wall, just a whiteboard across the wall, and they were explaining to me what was happening, and they, you know, Mr. Steele, and, and this is what the, the situation is, and, and we don't know all this. And you know what my thought was? I sure appreciate all this knowledge. But here's what I was saying, but this is how it's going to end up. I appreciate everything you're saying to me, but this is how it's going to end up. I see it. I see the x-ray. I see the scan. I can, I can recognize what you're saying, but this is how it's going to end up. The whole time I'm thinking, if I can just get my hands on her, I haven't been able to pray for her yet. If I can get my hands on her, the Lord will start healing her. And they'll do their part, and God will do His part, and we'll walk out of here whole. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. God will do His part in your life every time. God will make a way for you where there seems to be no way. You just keep walking it out. And one of these days, you're going to walk out of there well. You're going to walk out of there free from those symptoms. Why? Because you're adding knowledge to your faith. Your faith is working. The Word is working. Oh, hallelujah. 
Say it out loud. My faith's working. The Word is working. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord healed her. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see that? Well, I don't receive that report. Well, I'm not telling you to receive it, but it won't help you to deny it. You know, I had to learn, and, and I've learned this over the years, and, and, and it may be elementary, I had to learn, when I get a bad report, and you know we get them, that there are people that call themselves faith people and won't act like they never get a bad report. If you've never got a bad report, you've not walked by faith yet. <laughs> it's just the reality of it. Brother Hagin, you say you're not going to float through life on flowery beds of ease. Right, you're going to face challenges. But I had to learn this. When I get a bad report, get quiet. What do I need to say? How do I need to respond? When, when the doctor came in and told us all the issues that were going on with our daughter, I had been feeding on a series of tapes by Brother Copeland from the uh, London Victory Campaign. It was maybe their second London Victory Campaign. First or second. I think the first one was in the 80s. Second one was in the early 90s. This would have been 96, 95 when she was born. And in any event, uh, I, the scripture in Psalm 112, the verse that, 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 I was, that kept coming to me, was his heart is fixed trusting in the Lord. He will not fear evil tidings, for his heart is fixed trusting in the Lord. Well, you know, we, we didn't have cable we didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a VCR. We, uh, our time, my wife and I's time, uh, if, if, unless there were some cartoons on for the kids from Antenna, our time was spent listening to the Word. Not, we didn't even know anything was going to go on. She's pregnant with the child, and, and we've made the decision that we're not losing this baby. We lost the first one. We're not losing this child. And I, I, talked, to her, I talked to that child in her stomach, spoke the Scripture over her consistently. I knew we were ready. Well, here's the point, is when the doctor came in and told us all that had happened, when she walked out the door, I didn't grab her hand. Say, no, sir, bless God, this is not going to happen in the name of Jesus. She didn't do that to me. We stopped. And we took hands. And it was quiet. And my wife looked at me and she said, my heart is fixed. And I said, my heart is fixed. That settled it. We turned the TV on. And there was Kenneth and Gloria Copeland at their prayer cabin in, in, in uh, Arkansas. And he pointed that finger in the camera. And here's what he said. Your heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. That was it. That's all I needed. I knew. But here, here's the thing. Notice. I knew what was wrong. But my heart was fixed. See, your circumstances try to intimidate you and intimidate your faith. It's intimidating to look at your child's struggle to get their breath. Quiver. Trying to breathe. It's intimidating. But if my heart is fixed, trusting in God, then that intimidation has to give way to my faith. Even though I know what's going on. Amen. Isn't that great? So when you go to stand up and that pain 
or that weakness or that whatever, or you, or you go to do something and, and, and whatever it is that you're dealing with, it tries to flare up or maybe it does flare up. Understand, you have that knowledge. Don't let that knowledge intimidate your faith. It's what it is. But it's not going to be this way much longer. Whew. Isn't that great? Look, look, look at Mark chapter 9. I preached on that over there a little bit longer than I was going to, but I can stay with it. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm not even knocking. I'm just kicking the door down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now this, for the sake of time, this is where Jesus comes down from the mountain and this man is here and he's brought his, his young son to Jesus. And notice the Spirit threw him on the ground. And notice in verse 21, Jesus said, How long ago is it since this came unto him? Now, he's not just asking a question to make conversation. Other translation says, how long has this been happening to him? How long has he been like this? He's accessing knowledge. Now, there are people that will teach you that everywhere Jesus went, he knew everything. And why didn't he know how long ago this had come on this boy? You understand? He's accessing, or he's accessing knowledge. He wanted to know how long the child had been this way. So here's the question. When I read this one day, I asked myself, why would Jesus ask if it wasn't important to know? We'll read this in just a minute. Isn't it interesting? If Jesus went about knowing everything, then why did he have to ask where they'd put Lazarus? He's accessing knowledge. Jesus, in effect, is saying to this father, look, no matter how long this has been there, to a believing one, this is possible. That's what he said. If you can believe, all things are possible. No matter how long it's been. The father told him since he was a child. So evidently this was an older boy. He said since he was a child. And Jesus said, Okay, no big deal. If you can believe, it's possible. Is that right? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So do, do you see that? See, you are a believing one. You walk by faith and not by sight. So it doesn't matter how long something may have been hanging on or how difficult it may seem. You are a believing one and if it's possible, and, God, and Jesus said it is, then it's going to move. Hallelujah. Now, glory. Notice verse 17 of the same chapter. One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I've brought unto you my son that has a dumb spirit. So notice the father told Jesus this was a dumb spirit. But it didn't, operation, it didn't hinder the operation of Jesus' faith. I'll hear ministers talk about how there are certain demons that are harder than other ones. Oh, that's a hard demon. 
I got to watch them, 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 that kind of demon. I, I, I thought Jesus said they, believers, will cast out devils. He, ne- he never said that'll be a hard one. Right? My point is, what I'm trying to get you to see is this didn't hinder the operation of Jesus' faith. Never forget that Jesus had to use his faith. He had to operate in faith. He didn't just go cast out devils because he was the Son of God. He had to have faith that he could cast them out. Because he was operating in the earth as a what? As a man. He would not be a good faith example if he had a past because he was Jesus. Jesus had to believe what he said. He had to believe the Word of God. Amen. He had, he had to believe. He had to use his faith. Glory. So unless, do, do you see this? And But now notice, notice the end result. Hallelujah. Verse 25. You dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him and enter no more. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him and he was as one dead. In that so many said he is dead, Jesus took it by the hand, lifted him up and he arose. Well, that's the same situation with you. You have knowledge of it. You speak to it. And you tell it. You're going to leave my body. You're going to leave my family. You're going to leave my finances. Whatever it is, you're going to leave and you're not going to come back. Amen. Yeah, but what if it doesn't go immediately? You do what Jesus did. Notice, he said you come out of him. And look, and look what the devil did. He acted up through a fit. But that didn't move Jesus. You can sit here today and say, I'm the healed of the Lord. And go out to your car and feel anything but healed. You're healed. Why? Because you're walking by faith and not by sight. I'm not guided by sight. And the knowledge that I have does not mean I'm not healed. Matter of fact, it just means I know exactly what to aim my faith at. Look, look at John chapter 11. Am I helping you with this? Whew. Because faith isn't intimidated. Hallelujah. John chapter 11 verse 1. There was a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha, it was that Mary that anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, his sister sent and said, Lord, behold, he that you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, where did I miss it? How did I? No, oh, no, it's not what he said. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. The Amplified Bible says this sickness is not to end in death. So notice Jesus answered immediately. That was his statement of faith. Notice what he didn't say. Well, Lazarus isn't sick. That's a bad confession. He's not sick. He said, no, this sickness won't end in his death. How good news is that? Whatever you're dealing with, is not going to end bad. 
it's going to end up bringing glory to God. Isn't that great? Amen. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I'm about to lose everything. But you won't. But you won't. God will get the glory for you getting everything back. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, but what if they repo my car? What if they come and take it? I'd rather walk in faith than ride in doubt. Amen. Well, if I had faith, they wouldn't have come and got my car. You owed them money. Yes, they would have. Yes, they would have. Amen. Glory to God. Do you understand that? That's like the guy came to me that time, and, uh, and he said, now, now when I say this, I, I want you to understand, I'm just using this as an example. This, this is his idea of faith. He came to me, he had been believing that God was going to deliver him of cigarettes. That's what he's believing. Now, I, I'm not one of those preachers that necessarily believes cigarette smoking is such a big sin. I don't believe you ought to do it. I think you need to quit if you are, but you understand what I mean. This guy came and he was believing, believing, believing. Then one day he came to me finally and said, Well, no, nope, the, Lord, the Lord has talked to me. What has the Lord said? The Lord has loosed cigarettes to me. And told me that I can smoke as many as I want and they won't hurt me. Now, I'm saying, I know in any given congregation, I might have three or four, two, four or five people to smoke. I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying, think about that. When the pack that he bought said, Warning, Surgeon General has determined that cigarette smoking causes death. And the Lord leased that, loosed that. Well, see, he was, he was saying that by faith. Well, that's like saying, I need, a new, I need a new jacket. I need a new pair of shoes. And I don't have the money to get it right now, so I'm going to go steal a pair by faith. And I'm going to believe that they won't catch me. Oh, they're going to catch you. Hallelujah. And you're going to get a ticket. You may get arrested. And as you sit there, you can say, why didn't my faith work? <laughs> right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen, listen. You, you can be down to your last dollar, but by faith, that's not my last dollar. I have plenty more where that came from. Amen. You follow me? So he didn't say he's not sick. He said, no, this is all going to turn. Most of the time, it's not the knowledge that people have of the situation that hurts them. It's their natural reasoning that hurts their faith. It's their natural reasoning that hurts their faith. When Trina Hankins, Mark Hankins' wife, when she was diagnosed with a a brain tumor inside of her brain, you know, Mark never said, she don't have a tumor. You understand? They went to the doctor, went through all the tests. She's in the hospital. What, what's, what's, what's their declaration? That the end result of this is that God will get the glory. My wife will come out of this unscathed in Jesus' name. 
And I've watched other people do that. People I'm close to, I've watched them do that. And they never denied the existence of that thing. Well, Pastor, the doctor told me I have heart trouble, but I don't have heart trouble in the name of Jesus. Okay, I understand what you're saying, but you need, to, you need to be specific. My heart beats with the rhythm of life. My heart is strong. My heart is whole and well in the name of Jesus. My heart is fixed because they said I had a problem. I don't want to deny the problem and do things that are going to hurt me. There are people that are in the grave today because they walked by what they called faith and it was actually mental reasoning. It was a lack of, of, of knowledge, a lack of using the knowledge correctly. They could have used the knowledge correctly and applied their faith and God would have healed them. I, now, I like instant miracles. I like just laying hands on people and seeing them get healed. We see it all the time. But here's the thing, we're called to walk by faith. And if you wake up in the morning and the walk of faith is upon you, just get up and walk it. You're made for it. You can do it. Amen. Oh. Jesus had knowledge and knew how to pray. He knew how to believe. And we have no evidence that Jesus knew Lazarus was sick before they told him. Because he was using his faith. Look at verse 34. I'll hurry. Jesus shows up and he said, where have you laid him? He had to ask where they had placed his body. Verse 40, it says, when Jesus said to her, I said to you that if you would believe you'd see the glory of God. Verse 41, he was at the, in, in front of the tomb. He said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the people that stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you've sent me. When he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And wouldn't you know, verse 44, he that was dead came forth. Isn't that right? Well, when had Jesus prayed? When they told him Lazarus was sick. What did he do? Believe he received. When? When he prayed. Now he got there and he's dead. Notice what Jesus, you know, the, the, the disciples, he said, our friend Lazarus is sleeping. We got to go wake him up. Now, I've heard people, and, and please don't misunderstand me. I've heard people say, well, Jesus never said he died. Yes, he did. He told the disciples he died. They said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he's doing good. And it said, finally, Jesus said plainly, Lazarus has died. And I've heard people say, well, there's a difference between saying he's dead and he died. No, there's not. If you died, you're dead. If you're dead, you died. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not being, being, being uh, uh, cantankerous towards anybody, but I'm saying God doesn't need our help to try to help what we believe. Lazarus died. But yet, Jesus had believed he received when he prayed. He didn't let the death of Lazarus fool him or intimidate him. Why didn't he just pat their hands and say, well, now he's in a better place? Because he already believed he received. Do, do you see what happens when you believe you receive? You believe you have received it, you're not intimidated by the knowledge it may present itself. Well, I believe I received my healing. Then don't be moved. Because a bad report might come. A challenge might come. Right? 
You got you got to keep the pressure on you're walking by faith and not by sight. It doesn't say you won't see by sight. It says you're not walking by sight. You're not conducting your life by sight. Oh, hallelujah. In uh, Matthew 9. And uh, verse 18. Jairus came to Jesus. And as while he spake these words, these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, Notice, my daughter is even now dead. Huh. But come lay your hands on her, and she will live. The book of Mark says he said she'll be healed and live. So notice, he didn't come and say, my daughter has a problem. She's dead. And, and, and notice what Jesus did. Got up and followed him. The other gospel says, Jesus said, I'll come heal her. But she's dead. Didn't intimidate Jesus. Yeah, but pastor, that was Jesus. I know, and he operates the same kind of faith that you operate. See, he, he didn't look at that and say, boy, whew, I wish you'd have got a hold of me a couple hours later or before. I mean, we could have done something. But notice what he didn't do. He didn't look at Jairus and go, now, look, it's not that bad. You, you can hinder people's faith when you look at them and say, well, you know, it's not that bad. It's bad. If it's bad, it's bad. Amen. One time I, I, cut, my, I cut my hand and when I was about uh, 14, 15 with a, 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 a knife and I needed stitches. And, and I, I, I went in the living room where my folks were and I go, it's not that bad. Oh, it, it was that bad. Right? Blood all over my shirt, just blood. And you know, my mother looks and don't drip that blood on my carpet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. You know, but anyway, the point is, I'm, I'm, I'm good. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Look, it's not that bad. Well, six or eight stitches later, it, it wasn't that bad. When somebody comes to you and they tell you something, don't just look at them and say, oh, that's not that bad. If it's bad, it's bad. Look at them and say, look, it doesn't matter what the report is. Your faith will hold. And your faith will work. And we're going to believe God. Amen. Let me, let me try to finish this up. Faith doesn't need to be kept in the dark. Because many believe in order to walk by faith means I never know what's going on. That I don't want to know. I've had people say, well, I don't want to know. If something's going on with me, I don't want to know. I do. Tell me. I, I've watched people deal with a devastating disease, something like cancer, in their body. And they would just deal with the symptoms. And I say deal with them. Just put up with symptoms and put up with the symptoms. And then finally they'd go to the doctor. And the only thing left for the doctor to say is, we can't help you. It's too late. And once they got that diagnosis, it devastated what they called their faith. Because they weren't in faith. 
they were in mental ascent. Oh, hallelujah. Adding knowledge to my faith can enable my faith to work on a greater level. When, when our grandson was born, born three months premature, our oldest grandson, Griffin Wayne, I love that boy. And uh, they, uh, uh, the doctor came and, and told us about his, his heart. His heart, of course, at that, at that time, I mean, it was is not as developed as it could be. And there's a lot of chambers of his heart. They, they said they're, they're not working. And uh, on top of all that, he had the whole, a hole the size of a quarter in his heart. Well, he's three months premature, so he's, you know, you can imagine the size of his heart, and he's got a, a hole the size of a quarter in it. But we asked the doctor, what needs to happen? Thank you for the report. What needs to happen? Well, you know, first of all, he's got to be, got to get some strength. Okay. So that's where his nickname, Mighty Griffin, came from. He's strong. That's what we're going to call him, Mighty Griffin. And so, so we're, we're declaring strength over him. So he's gathering his strength. The doctor said, well, he's stronger. Then you know what we said? Okay, what needs to happen now? If you got six things you're believing for, take them one at a time. Right? Because you can take your faith, and it's like trying to spread too much butter. Uh, 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 you got too much toast and not enough butter. Kind of thin. Take them one at a time. Well, he, he needs to gain weight. So we went over to the Scripture and found the Scripture where it said that, that those that delight in the Lord would be fat and flourishing. And he started gaining weight. Amen. And then we just went down the line. What needs to happen? What needs to happen? And, and we'd go up there to that, that NICU, and we're just declaring the Word over our grandson and declaring what the Word of God says. And they were talking about surgery, and I've talked to you all about that. But, but the, the long and short of it is they said, well, he's going to need surgery in a, in a few number of months. But wouldn't you know it, there was improvement. And, well, he doesn't need surgery till he's six months old. And then there's a, a, a significant improvement, and he don't need surgery at six months old. But what we'll do is we'll, we'll take an, and we'll go through a vein in his leg, and we'll, we'll put a patch when he's about a year. Will we get to a year? No, we don't need to do that yet. And then we get to two years, right? And every year he's going back for the doctor. Amen. And I, I had printed out all those scriptures about our heart, about your heart, heart being joyful, heart being fixed, heart being strong. Amen. Quoting them over my grandson. You will bring him health and cure and restore to him his previous state of prosperity. That's what you're going to do. Amen. And I told you, I told you, uh, uh, we just got word. He's seven years old now, has never had surgery, went back to the doctor this year, went back to the doctor this year, and the doctor told my daughter-in-law, I don't need to see your son anymore. And he said he will never have to have surgery because they said the hole that was the size of a quarter is now the size of a pinhead. And he'll never need surgery. Now that's not just something God did for me because I'm a pastor. It's because we never said his heart is not in bad shape. We never said there's not a hole in the heart. We said, Lord, regardless of what it is, this is what your word says about my grandson's heart. And this is what we're going to believe. I was talking to my son about it just a couple Sundays ago in their house. And we were talking about how good God was. Every time we look at that little boy, we were reminded of how good God is. 
And you can take the situation that you're dealing with and just go down the line and pick it off with your faith. Don't be concerned about the knowledge. Why? Because, I'll close with this, because faith overcomes regardless of what knowledge I possess or don't possess. Faith is the victory. Faith puts out whatever the enemy has lit that, that, that arrow with. Right? Whatever it's on fire with, the Bible says faith will quench it. Isn't that good news? Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand up today, shall we? I believe God. I believe God. Hallelujah. <laughs> connections, connections are made. Hallelujah. I believe God. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for faith that is not intimidated by the circumstance. Father, I speak specifically to those things that the doctor or doctors have not been able to put their finger on. They've not been able to give a solid answer. Father, I speak into that situation. And I thank You for a correction. I thank You for an unveiling. A revealing. Because Lord, You said in Your Word, when we read concerning Daniel, when he went to the king and the king said, can you interpret this dream? And Daniel said, it's not me, king. It's the Lord. Lord, I thank you that you've led us to the right doctor. I thank you that you've led us to the right medical practitioner. Now, Lord, I pray that you would unveil to him or to her those things that need to be known so that we can adequately apply our faith. And I speak healing to those bodies. I speak healing. Every neurotransmitter will fire correctly. Weakness in limbs will go. In the name of Jesus. We receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe God. Amen. Well, don't forget to 6 o'clock tonight. If you can be with us, we'd love to see. If not, please join us online. We'll continue with what we've been ministering on, the carriers of the glory. We're believing God for some good, good things. Amen. Praise God. Next Sunday, of course, Pastor Caldwell will be with us. You don't want to miss that, if at all possible. Hallelujah. Come on, say it with me today, would you? The vision of this church is to build people's faith. And frame their world by the Word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email.